Welcome to The Golden Shadow, the podcast about psychology, philosophy, myth, mysticism, and mystery. My name is Aaron Rogerson. And I'm Alyssa Polizzi. Today we're talking about the tarot. It's likely our listeners have at least heard of tarot cards. There's been a surge in popularity, I think, with tarot in the last five years, maybe the last three years especially. Mm. Um, But it seems to be something that people are talking about a lot. Um, I've been surprised how many individuals that I've encountered uh, through philosophy groups on the internet who are interested in tarot or are using tarot. Um, But for those who are unfamiliar, what is tarot? The tarot is a deck of 78 cards in its most simplest form. It always must um, have that system of 78 cards that encompasses a set of symbols and imagery and themes that are explored throughout the entire deck. So if Mm. someone's kind of waving around, you know, a playing deck and calling it the tarot or a deck of like 60 cards and calling it the tarot or an oracle deck and calling it the tarot, it is in fact not because the tarot has a long history and it's made up of very specific parts to truly be called the tarot. Okay. So you're implying there are many decks that people might be using and they're not all tarot yeah because i've actually like encountered this and i find it kind of interesting that someone's pulling out like say it's a deck with like animal pictures and it's just kind of like courage and it's got a line on it and it's like oh um well that's not actually the tarot but there are many forms of uh, kind of more modern expressions of the tarot but as we'll get into to really use the tarot and the the sort of contained symbolic system that it um is made up of one must have a deck of these particular 78 cards. Okay. So how is the tarot used? What is, what is it that people are tapping into mm-hmm. when they're buying these cards and yeah. discussing them on the internet? Yeah. What, what's, what's happening there? Well, I think that what's interesting about the tarot is that it's a highly personal and unique tool that people kind of integrate into their life in different ways. But ultimately what's happening is a connection to a symbolic system, Hmm. um, cards that represent archetypal expressions. Hmm. And it, it contains these characters that seem very familiar or situations that you can relate to. So what's happening when people utilize the tarot is they're often connecting to a kind of collective experience and anybody can pick up the tarot and draw a card and actually find um, some part of their own personal narrative within the cards themselves. What is the origin of tarot? Where does it come from? Ooh, good question. It's somewhat debated, but I always like to stick to the classical understanding that the tarot came up in Europe in the 15th century or so. We have some decks from... Italy um, in the 1400s, and there's development basically throughout the next few hundred years of the tarot moving through Italy and France and eventually getting to um, mostly to like England, where um, it then kind of got integrated into some secret occultist societies. And that's where it really started to take the edge that we um that we kind of understand today of the tarot Hmm. and the deck that most people are probably familiar with, which is the Rider Waite Smith deck um, has its origins in the um, hermetic order of the golden dawn, which was a secret society um, kind of of spiritualist occultists. And they utilize the tarot as a tool of meditation and reflection and introspection as kind of part of their initiation process. 
one would actually create their own tarot deck. And that is probably the one that you've seen in many um, areas of pop culture, movies, shows, um, in different stores. It's um, highly imagery-based deck. Right. So we have an image, as you said, in pop culture of the fortune teller or the strange old woman <laughs> with the crystal ball. Yeah. And she's, she's pulling cards. And yeah. People might have that association yes. um, with tarot. Yeah, it's true. I think partly that comes from the deck um, moving through different parts and different societies within Europe um, a lot with... Um, like kind of like Romney Gypsy, um, different parts of Italy where we see it sort of uh, utilized in this way that um, is more divinatory and more fortune-telling base. And certainly also in in America and a lot in the 90s, we see the use of the cards in this kind of like psychic reader style. But truly, um, if we at least scale back to the heart of the Rider-Waite-Smith lineage, it was um, a tool not used for that um, in any capacity, really. It was more of a tool of, of meditation and introspection um, and used to kind of raise consciousness, raise your awareness. Okay, so that's what we're going to be talking about today is, mm. is that use yeah. of tarot. So a, a tool for self-reflection or mm. a tool for meditation, as yeah. you said, I think it's a good way to phrase it. Yeah. Um, a way of uh, getting inspired mm. or if you're trying to be creative, yeah. you might use this deck as a way of shuffling through symbolic imagery mm. and archetypes to kind of stimulate some sort of thought process. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's get into the structure of the deck sure. a little bit. So there's 78 cards, mm -hmm. as you said. Mm -hmm. um, they can be divided into yeah. major mm -hmm. arcana and yeah minor yes arcana mm -hmm. so let's start with the major arcana yeah. what, are, what are the major arcana so the major arcana um consists of 22 cards and they're numbered uh one through 21 okay. and the 22nd card is actually the fool which is zero and uh okay so zero through 21 mm, makes 22 cards yeah exactly right, okay. so there's no card number 22 I see. and um the fool is numbered at zero because it represents um, a character or an archetype or a figure that's actually outside of the cycle of the major arcana and this um, this part of the system of the tarot the major arcana represents kind of broader strokes grander archetypes and experience um, something that kind of takes an individual through um, a larger sort of spiritual journey Right, so the major arcana as opposed to the minor arcana are a little more meta or they're a little more yeah. foundational, fundamental mm. symbols. Yes. They're kind of more overarching. Yeah. Um, could we give an example of a major arcana card? Sure. Um, the Empress is a good um, example because she represents the Earth Mother and she's usually um, imaged as this very abundant looking figure in a wheat, uh, in a, um, a field of wheat uh, with a large flowing dress and she represents the archetypal mother, um, the sort of grounded feminine principle. So that's um, creation and abundance and the, the feminine principle of nurturance. And so when you see her card, you're kind of exploring that foundational principle. Right. So this is a, a, a big archetype. You right. can, it's pretty, it's, it's universal. You can find manifestations of this notion of sort of the, the, the feminine mother, mm. the, the, uh, the earth, the sort of nature. Yeah. 
you can you can find this in every story, yes. every narrative. Yeah. There's some sort of element of this mm-hmm. that you can pick up on. So it's it's very universal, yes. and that's a huge thing about the entire deck. But the major arcana, especially, these are very universal cards. Yes. They speak to very deep aspects of our reality. Yes. Yes. They um, they more than the minor arcana, I would say, um, can grab you in this way due to their sort of uncanny familiarity. Mm. You're just like, oh wow, I th- like I, I know that figure, right? Um, even if you've never used the cards before, right? So uh, another example of a major arcana card that might be a little more well known is death. Mm, yes, and death just as a idea, of course, yeah. is very powerful to us, mm-hmm. and it, it it speaks a lot. And so people kind of focus on this idea of like, oh, you've drawn the death yeah, card. Yeah, scary. And in, in tarot, the death card actually represents something like rebirth yeah. or change. Change, yeah. And it can be viewed yeah. as something very powerful. Yeah, and uh, part of you is ending mm. and a new part of you is beginning. Yes. Or um, part of you has died, let's yes. say, and a new part of you is born. And this yeah. is sort of a cyclical um, facet of our growth mm. as individuals, right? It's sort yes. of growing going through a full cycle, the cycle comes to an end mm-hmm. and then you start a new cycle and yes. that just keeps going. Yeah. Um, what's one more example of a major arcana card before we move on? Sure. Um, the hermit I think is a good one mm. that kind of calls to mind like the wise old man in the Rider Waite. We do actually see like this figure holding a lantern kind of looking like they're in this isolated mountainous area. So the hermit represents, um, the journey towards, um, kind of a self-knowledge and internal wisdom, a sort of pulling back from society or maybe um, sort of forces that influence you and starting to walk this grander sort of higher path where one needs to really sort of explore these deeper wells of consciousness. And that kind of comes through your own internal exploration, sometimes through the guidance of a teacher or some sort of force that's kind of guiding you through this this change. Right, and this, and this card... The Hermit is a good example of it, mm. it being based on more ancient mm. stories. Yeah. Right. So this is the, the tarot has aggregated a lot of mythology. Yes. Yes. Um, and has turned it into, or you might say distilled it yeah, into yeah. more um, pure archetypes, you mm-hmm. could say. But the, the Hermit, for example, you could say that um, Odin mm. often is depicted as a, a wandering old yeah. wise man. Yeah. Um, um, and you can also see the hermit being manifested in our stories again very often mm. like gandalf is for example kind of a sort of hermit character yeah. he definitely fits the image of having the gray robes and the staff yeah or like obi-wan you right. know he's kind of like a little bit more of a fearsome hermit but certainly was one that kind of emerges through to like guide the hero through mm. this process of of inner growth and wisdom and change right any uh led zeppelin fans mm-hmm. will see the hermit on led zeppelin 4 yeah um, anyway, so the, the tarot definitely moves, kind of bleeds into culture in a way yes. that perhaps we're not really picking up on yeah. um, quite so explicitly. But uh, it's very far-reaching, and that's what's so interesting about the deck is how much it aggregates our mythology mm. into these cards and how much it bleeds back into our culture. Yeah, specifically sort of, of like the Western traditions. And certainly. definitely with the Rider Waite, it is uh, very purposefully designed with Judeo-Christian imagery, with um, alchemical symbols, um, Egyptian mythology, mm-hmm. um, just those kind of things that have this familiarity to it that if you're kind of born in the modern era, you're going to be able to kind of understand what's going on in this deck. Okay, let's move on to the minor 
arcana. There's more mm-hmm. cards yes. in the minor arcana. It's a little more complicated, yeah. a little more nuanced. I think it's always helpful to, you know, start to understand the, the tarot, which seems overwhelming with 78 cards by understanding the systems broken down within it. So we have the major, we've gotten rid of 22 cards. The remaining 56 are then the minor arcana. Mm. And as a lesser form of archetypal expression, um, being the minor, the these cards give us uh, further detail, nuance, and kind of ground the sort of grander complex nature of the major arcana so the minors give us um, everyday experiences situational dynamics um, personality kind of uh, characteristics all of that is playing out in the story of the minor arcana okay so the minor arcana are divided up into four mm-hmm. suits yeah similar to a playing card yeah. deck yeah exactly um the difference is that each suit contains 14 cards, yeah, fourteen, which would be ace through 10 mm-hmm. plus four, yeah, court, four cards, court cards as opposed to three yes. court cards. Yeah. And the court cards in tarot are the page, mm-hmm. the knight, the queen, and the king. Yes. So zero through 10 mm-hmm. plus four court cards. Yeah. And what are the four suits? So the first is the wands, and that represents sort of creativity, willpower, the kind of like animating life force energy. Mm. Um, The second one is the cups, and that represents kind of like heartfelt, deep emotional experiences, a lot of um, explorations of love and uh, friendship and partnership. Um, The swords, um, our next, represents um, themes of intellect and truth and reason and also challenge kind of coming into collision with the harsh realities of life. Mm. And then the fourth are the pentacles, and that represents the more earthly grounded aspects. So we tend to um, move through themes of work and finances and the body, kind of like the more material dynamics. Right. Pentacles are coins, Mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So wands mm-hmm. can also be rods occasionally yeah. it's sort of yeah, this batons. idea of like a, a staff yeah. baton mm-hmm. a staff yeah cups yes which is chalices chalices right mm-hmm. the swords yeah which is pretty straightforward yeah and pentacles, pentacles. sometimes discs discs interesting coins, coins also but this notion of uh money perhaps or materials or yes something like that we also have the four elements that are represented mm. so that can be helpful too that we're seeing this matching up of systems within sure. the tarot as well and Depending on the deck you use, it can sometimes be a little bit different, but wands for the most part is fire and cups are water, Mm. swords are air, and um, pentacles are earth. So that means four suits, Mm -hmm. each with 14 cards, is 56 56. cards. Mm -hmm. So that's the minor arcana. Let's pull a few minor arcana just to sort of illustrate how these cards differ from the major. Yeah. So the first card is the Seven of Pentacles. Um, This shows a figure who's standing upon what looks like a rake or a hoe, and they're looking at a garden that's full of pentacles. So kind of um, looking over the the field of their labor, maybe there's some contemplation going on here, a feeling of um, possible harvest that's coming soon but hasn't quite been reaped. Mm. Um, so this is a card usually where an individual is taking some time to kind of assess and look over a situation to maybe reground it. We're dealing with that earth element with the pentacles and there's a feeling of what are the roots that have been laid and what has, um, 
how are you bearing the fruit and, and how is that kind of coming into reality? And is it where you want it to be? Is there a possible um, shift or change or new direction that you can take this? There is a sense of, of, of almost hanging in a little bit of that limbo between uh, choices, but at the same time, this card kind of represents the ability to take stock of what has happened, how things are going, and possibly make some shifts and changes if need be. Okay, let's do another example. Okay, so we've got the Ten of Swords. Mm -hmm. This is an intense card yeah, for very, anyone. Very iconic, stands um, out. Yes, look it up if you're listening to the podcast. It shows an individual with ten swords piercing their back with a dark night sky and um, the sun breaking the horizon. Right, so they're lying on the ground yeah. as if they're dead. Yeah. Unclear, but yeah. it's a, a person on the ground, ten swords stabbed in the back yeah. with a dark sky yeah. in the background. What do you think of this card, Orin? Um, The swords are more brutal yes. than the other suits and usually are speaking to some sort of um, struggle or wounding or deep pain. Mm. Um, so this individual on the ground with the, with the swords in the, his back is representing in some sense an end yeah. to a cycle perhaps. It's also the number 10 is it's important to add this element in is that the the minor arcana are telling sort of a a, a story yeah through their numbers so mm -hmm. you if you start at ace mm -hmm. and you go from one to ten um the ace is one excuse me from two to ten uh it is telling sort of a story yes and so the, it this, is. this card the ten of swords is sort of the end of that yeah. story there's a sense. completion here there's a completion there and so this might represent some sort of intellectual or rational completion, some sort of truth that has come to fruition. Maybe it's come out. Yeah, a realization. Um, a realization. Yeah. And that realization has resulted in part of you having to end, mm. let's say. Yeah. Maybe you've, you've faced the truth of the situation that you're in or your relationship or your work situation. Maybe you've come to this conclusion that that is over and the pain of that transition is being felt very viscerally. Yeah. Um, the swords being that element of, of, of truth uh, makes us face the harsh realities of life. And in the 10 of swords, it is something has come to an end, but your journey through that experience is one that has left you wounded and in some ways, this card is saying, you know, it's certainly time to move past this. You don't want to keep carrying all of these swords in your back. In fact, like how how true is that? How mm. realistic is it? Is mm. it just like emotional wounding that you just can't seem to shake? Um, maybe it's like an illusion of a, of a pain that isn't quite as deep as um, it truly is. But it's one that's ultimately saying it's time to sort of face that um, this cycle has come to a close. And although difficult, there is kind of like uh, the sun is rising and that, that new day brings a uh, new potential. Hmm. How about a uh, court card? Yes, that's a good idea. Let's look at the queen of wands. So she represents the feminine principle of the suit of wands, which is all about the fire elements, creativity, will, passion, excitement, um, being very connected to your sort of internal power. So your expression of your desires, your ability to really know what you want and to go for it um, and 
to me, the queens all always sort of represent an internal mastery. It's a, a kind of more feminine principled expression. So it's a little bit softer in nature. It kind of connects them more to relational dynamics, kind of interconnected um, emotions with other people. So she might be the one who encourages you to feel that strength and self-awareness and um, excitement at, at your own potential and your own unique expression, just as she senses it within herself. So she kind of feels her own power and then desires to lift that up in other people. Um, so kind of interacting with that character, um, you, you feel her, her passion, her intensity, her fieriness, and it's an encouragement to sort of embody life as she would that it might sort of help guide you through a process. Mm. Okay. Well, there you have it. Uh, there's just some examples of cards in the deck. That's kind of the structure of the deck. So I think what's important to explore is what's happening Yeah, what's going on with tarot <laughs> and what, why are people attracted to it? That's yeah. one question. Yeah. Um, a more difficult question is, why does tarot work? Yeah. Let's say, and I, I think that anyone who is um, considers himself to be a rational person, mm. someone who would say is is very scientifically oriented, has a certain worldview that is pretty secular. I would say mm. is not always, but usually going to hear something like, "Oh, I have I bought a deck of tarot cards and mm. I've been using them." They're gonna scoff at that. Mm -hmm. They're gonna say, "Well, yeah. that's." that's bullshit and like it's for fortune telling isn't real yeah and what could time. possibly be happening why 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 waste your time with that it doesn't do anything and <clears throat> so we have to ask what is tarot what, what what's the appeal here mm. why, why are why are people why would anyone buy a deck sure for, for any reason let's sure. say sure um well personally i feel that the tarot gets people back in touch with this natural orientation that we have as humans for narrative and story Definitely. and archetype. And it plugs you into a system that's highly refined. As you said, it's like a distillation. Right. So especially when you use the classic decks, you're, you're kind of ent entering into this like archaic space and it's kind of like lighting that up within you. Mm -hmm. And it helps you to sort of approach life sort of discovering meaning or understanding through through narrative through imagery through right. story right so i mean we can the same rational scientific person let's say we'll, we'll go into a movie theater mm. and we'll watch i don't know an avengers movie yeah or or, or star wars yeah. whatever and they're watching the screen things are happening on mm. the screen and they're not saying well this is ridiculous this is bullshit how, yeah. how can you just stare at lights on the screen yeah. and get anything out of it they don't question that because, mm -hmm. because they're experiencing it and right. they experience it very deeply right and you have to wonder what is happening when we watch a movie mm. that is different than using tarot certainly it's not really different yeah. it, you're, you're tapping into archetypal structures of our reality yeah the narrative structures the hero's mm. journey mm -hmm. um this whole perception of symbols and characters and music is again a different realm of this but still taps into the there's yeah. all these symbolic things that are interacting to produce meaning mm, yes a lot of meaning movies can be very meaningful to us and tarot is not a movie but it's still tapping into the same facet of our psychology which is the shuffling of symbolic imagery in mm -hmm. order to produce meaning yeah and it's simply in the form of a deck of cards. Yeah. Which yeah. 
creates this whole different interesting dynamic. Yeah, I think it helps people approach aspects of their life in a way that disarms the situation. And, you know, for everyone listening, I utilize tarot both in my own personal life, but also professionally. And it is an incredibly powerful tool to get a conversation started around something that feels difficult and sticky and kind of like, you know, you've got that resistance to it. But when the narrative starts to come together and an individual can piece those aspects of their life together, utilizing the cards or sort of me guiding them through that process, it, 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 it seems to open people in a way that they didn't expect and in a way that I find like in like incredibly fascinating. Right, right. So there's something subrational happening, mm. uh, something that's it's more plugging into the unconscious. Yeah. And you can ask someone to just explain, just state yeah. what's going on in their life, what's wrong with their life, mm. and how do they feel about it. And people often don't know what to do mm. in that situation. Yeah. They, they don't know how to tap into that sort of beneath the surface realm of their being. Right. But they'll watch a movie, again, to bring that example back in, and it'll make them cry. Yeah. And it's like, well, what, what, what is happening there? It's, it's tapping into something that is below our kind of verbal conversational mm, right. interaction. Yeah. Um, another example is the Rorschach test. Mm. I think it illustrates this really well. What's happening in the Rorschach test? Yeah. What, what, why does it work? Mm. How can you have a ink blot mm. show to someone and mm. they'll come up with some sort of interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. The ink blot makes me think of a flower mm-hmm. or the ink blot makes me think of a knife or the ink blot makes me think of my relationship with my partner. Mm. And all these things are happening where these images yeah. and it's just ink, it's just weird yeah. amorphous shapes. Yeah. They're conjuring up feelings of meaning that are unique to you. Mm. And that's what the tarot cards can do is you can look at a tarot card like this eight of swords. And it's a woman who is tied up and surrounded by swords. And it's like, what does it mean to you? Yeah. And if you can't let it work for you, you just say, well, it means nothing. It's just an image. Who cares? But it's like, well, (laughs) try harder. (laughs) And you can look at it and say, dig deeper guys. Uh, and if you can really, tap into it and this is because it's a skill it's something you can practice mm-hmm. something you can kind of get into this realm easier and easier the yeah. more you kind of work with this you can look at this card and you can say this reminds me of high school mm. for some reason yeah. it can be go on what does that mean mm-hmm. it can be i don't know there's something about being locked up there's something being like being blind she's wearing a blindfold there's something about having no place to go mm. there's something about feeling threatened by everything around me yeah all these things that they're conjuring up this meaning and you can, you can use that as a way of reflecting. Yes. Um, tarot in that sense is a powerful sort of gateway or a pathway into deeper experience, into the unconscious, into the personal complexes and dynamics that you're not always totally in touch with. And I think that's why, you know, people can feel a little scared of the tarot and maybe Mm. sometimes that's due to its nature of like, well, it's going to tell my fortune. I don't want to know it. But I think truly people sense that when you connect to a symbolic system, it might reveal something that you hadn't been paying attention to. And that feels... Someplace maybe you don't want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to open that box. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's like, uh uh-uh, like no thanks, Pandora. Don't want to go there. Don't want to like release all hell upon my life. And Mm. I certainly get 
people who feel that way towards the tarot. But um, I think like leaning into that feeling and, and wanting to figure out why you might feel that way might reveal the exact reason why you should do something like this. Right. So why don't we try some <clears throat> example polls? Okay. So let's actually try using the deck in the way that someone might use the deck. Sure. To illustrate um, what's going on here. Sure. Because still, if, if you have familiarity familiarity with tarot, you might understand what we're talking about. Yeah. If you are unfamiliar with tarot, you probably still are kind of wondering what the hell we're talking about. Sure. Um, so yeah, how do you use the tarot? Sure. So hypothetically speaking, maybe you've recently had a disagreement with your partner and you're feeling kind of, you know, torn up about it. And, you know, there was all this tension. You got emotional and they got emotional and it's been hard for you to reflect on it. So you come to the tarot. Mm. You want to just do a little bit of that digging. You want to look at, you know, what should I see here? You might ask yourself, um, what should I reflect on in regards to this situation? And then, you know, you pull the cards out and you pull them at random and you pull this card, the two of cups and okay. the two of cups um, shows um, in two individuals, a man and a woman, each offering up a cup to each other at an equal length. So they're facing each other face to face. They're each extending out a hand with that cup and above them is the caduceus of Hermes, which is so the staff of Hermes with the twin snakes mm -hmm. and a lion head with these big wings. So it's this big red lion and these two individuals sort of staring into each other's eyes. And okay. this is a card of partnership. Yeah. It's a card of vulnerability. It's a card of trust. We talked a little bit about the cups. So those are about emotional dynamics, right. relational aspects, love, um, romantic feelings. Um, and this is a card that really reminds us of all of the choices um, and all of the challenges that we enter into when we come into partnership with people sure. and the ways in which we kind of have to navigate those situations and ultimately ask ourselves, are, are, am I connected to a truthful, vulnerable, honest, open part of myself? And am I extending that to another? Because when I do, it you, you really do connect and, and join into union with someone in a powerful way. Mm. So it's a card that for this individual might remind them that despite this hiccup that this fight has caused, that this is someone who they deeply value, that when they really kind of look at the grander picture, that this is someone who they want to keep fighting for mm. because they, they find that two of cups moment with this person and it's really their choice to kind of navigate this and and hold on to that that truth that this is um, a relationship that brings great joy and love and contentment and certainly also raises each other up into a better place. Right. So let's say that I'm drawing the cards. Yes. And I'm not nearly as articulate as you are <laughs> in understanding what they mean. Okay. That doesn't mean you can't use them, right? Sure. So let's yes, say yes. you're you're a novice, you're a beginner, and you don't really understand tarot very well. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can't use it. Obviously, Alyssa really knows what she's doing, um, and she can draw a card and have all this understanding of all the meanings and link it up to what she's experiencing. But let's say I go, okay, so I've drawn the Ten of Wands, and mm. this shows a man with a huge stack of wands there's 10 of them and they're over his back and he looks like he's very exhausted he's walking with all of these wands presumably back to his village or back to a building in the distance but he's clearly struggling he's tired uh 
it's the ten of wands. So again, this is sort of um, communicating some sort of completion mm-hmm. or end of a cycle. And the wands um, are speaking to kind of a more sort of uh, spiritual journey as opposed to having to do with love or unconscious sort of emotions or intellect in the mm. swords, let's say. Yeah. Um, so in relation to my relationship mm. that you said I was struggling in. Yeah. Uh, I would interpret this as meaning that I'm coming to some sort of end in mm. a cycle. Yeah. Or maybe I'm burdened yeah, by burden. the relationship. Yeah. And I'm struggling to carry this burden yeah. to get to where I need to go. Um, yeah, this guy doesn't just have like 10 wands on his back. And he's just like, dude, dude, just totally fine. Super strong. Got it. This yeah. is like uh, he's worn down. He's overburdened. Right. Overtaxed. So my interpretation might be this relationship is too burdensome. Yeah. I might interpret it that way. And, you know, an important point to make is that someone could say, someone who knows tarot really well could say, no, that's the wrong interpretation. <laughs> You know, they might they might say that's not that's not what the ten of wands mean, mm. and it, you know, in the, there's a conversation to be had there. But the thing is, what does it mean to you? Yes, and what is it yes. evoking to you? That's the most important. And it's question. a tool for self reflection. So yeah. if it's if it's making me feel as if this relationship is too burdensome and yeah. it needs to end, that's probably because I already feel that way. Right, because that's what's happening when the card comes up. Yeah. It's it's constellating that feeling of your burden. And your tiredness and the fact that you feel at the end of your rope. And maybe that doesn't mean that you just end the relationship. Maybe it's like, oh, God, yeah, I do feel that way. And I really need to speak up for myself. Like, it's time that I lay down some ground rules. Like, you know, don't utilize the tarot to make your decisions for you. Right. And that's, <laughs> and that's the important point. Like, it's not fortune telling. Yeah. I mean, you can use it that way if you'd like to. But the way that we're talking about it yeah. is you don't want to you don't want to interpret the tarot as telling you what's real yeah. and to making your decisions for you yes. it's it's supposed to stimulate your thought it's yeah. supposed to it's supposed to reflect your own feelings back to you yeah. if i draw this card and what i feel immediately is i have to break up with this person mm-hmm. it means i already felt that way yeah. it means that i needed something to sort of show that to yes, me yes 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 and that's that's the important and you you could it could be different. What what could speak to me when I draw this card could be I'm almost done with this cycle mm-hmm. and I can tell that after this, the things are going to get better. Yeah, because maybe you pull that card and you're like, I've been stressed at work. My mom is sick. My dog got, you know, lost the other week. Like all these things have been happening. Like what are all those wands that are on that individual's yeah. back? And maybe, you know, your your fight with your partner was just the last straw, but that's actually not the crux of the issue. Right. So it, it could be an opposite interpretation. Yeah. The relationship is exactly. good. And you know what? The problem is not the relationship. It's just all these other things going on in mm-hmm. my life. And I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm ready to become re-energized yeah. and make this work better. Yeah. And, and so that wouldn't be wrong. Right. Absolutely not. You know? And that is, and that's the important part with you the, using these cards is that it's just meant to amplify you, empower you. And if anyone is trying to use them in a way that, that seeps that power and that autonomy away, I, I question whether that's truly 
um, balanced and, um, you know, for the benefit of the individual, because the cards themselves, ultimately, they they are truth sayers, you know, they are mm. knowledge holders. Yeah. Um, the arcana is the secret. That's that's what arcana means. And so it holds uh, archetypal power, but it's meant to sort of liberate your mind or your your consciousness or your spirit into deeper understanding of itself and thus empowering you to know how to move forward with a little bit more clarity and certainty. Hmm. Another card? Yes. So maybe we change the situation. Okay, sure. Okay. So uh, hypothetically speaking, um, someone has been um, offered a promotion at their job and they are feeling, you know, a little apprehensive about taking it because, you know, they haven't felt like it's quite the right fit. Um, And so they turn to the tarot and they draw the fool so mm. if you've listened to our episode about the fool's journey right episode two you might know that the fool is all about the the launching into the unknown of trusting in a situation that hasn't fully developed it's the beginning of the hero's journey right so the fool often is a powerful card in the tarot because he's card zero of the major arcana he is our protagonist um he is that essence inside of us the internal child that's always ready to sort of orient towards a new situation and embrace it with openness so in if i was that person drawing the fool it would really get me in touch with the feeling that although i have hesitation i don't really know where this is going and i don't quite know if it's the right fit there's something that's opening here And if I actually kind of sit with that feeling, I realize that there is a desire to kind of leap into something that feels a little scary. And the fool can be that recognition that, um, you know, your or your attitude towards this this job promotion could actually be something that will take you on a brand new adventure of growth and change. Right. Embrace the unknown. Yes. It's okay to feel scared. It's okay to feel like this is risky. Mm. That's always true for anything that's worthwhile. Yeah. You should just go for it. Mm hmm. All right, now I'm going to draw a card <laughs> to learn about my promotion that's being offered to me. <laughs> so I drew the Eight of Wands, mm. which is a strange and abstract card. It is very, yes, very much so. Um, there's eight wands on the card, and they are flying through the air, all in the same direction, yeah. presumably. Um, there is a river and a hill in the background. Um, the sky is blue. Um but this card is communicating momentum, mm. movement, yeah. travel, flying mm. from one place to the other, mm-hmm. moving very quickly. If you were yeah. going to hurl a javelin yeah. into the air, it would be traveling very quickly on mm. its way to land yeah. at some point. So uh, what would this evoke for me? I, in terms of my promotion, I, this card makes me feel like I'm moving too fast. Mm. That's how I might interpret this. Mm. There's there's too much momentum. It feels uh, quick. Uh, I'm not sure what, where it's going. It feels um, unsafe mm. in some way. Flying through the air, where am I going to land? Um, and that would reveal to me that I actually do not feel good about this promotion and perhaps I shouldn't take it. Yeah. That could be one interpretation. Yeah. And that wouldn't be wrong. No, absolutely not. Because this card, it's meant to evoke, as you said, that sense of speed and movement and uh, things 
uh, developing very, very quickly. And sometimes that's exciting. We're dealing with that wands, that excitable um, sort of dynamic energy. And it feels like you could just hop on and just be taken for a ride. But you might not be ready for that. Right. So feeling that coming from the card evoked by this the symbolic mm. nature of the wands flying through the air yeah you know informs you of kind of where you're at it helps you kind of reorient to the situation mm. let's try drawing two cards at the same time okay. for a prompt okay so prompt number what is it three at this three. point okay so in this prompt um we have an individual who feels like they're ready to um, kind of start um, a new hobby, but they've been feeling this hesitation and they don't quite know why. So there's sort of this ambivalence, maybe this would be good for me. But I, every time I kind of get up to, to get ready and, and get going, something gets in their way. Mm. So a good time to come to the tarot, right? You're not quite sure exactly of how you're feeling and what's going on. And we'll draw two cards. So we draw the Ace of Cups and the Emperor. So the aces in the tarot represent the opportunity sort of blossoming into reality. And it always kind of is a, a herald of some sort of a boon, an opportunity, something that can really take hold in your life. But the tricky part about the aces being that first step into the minor arcana is that we can lose the opportunity if we let it um, sort of pass us by. All of the aces require grounding into reality. And the imagery in the Rider Waite shows each of these items of the minor arcana being offered through this sort of disembodied hand um, attached to a cloud. So it's kind of like no, the hand of God. Kind of like a gory. No, uh, no. Hand that's been cut off. <laughs> this is a, a beautiful, like godlike, yes. um, mystical hand yes, reaching yes, through the mystical. cloud, offering. You see it here. a lot in alchemical imagery. So right. um, this evokes that principle of of uh, the sort of universal patterns moving. You know, here is God kind of dropping something into your lap, and here we have the. The blessings and the offerings of the cups, which kind of fills you back up emotionally, kind mm. of opens up the emotional flows. It makes you feel um, kind of connected to something very deep and powerful and possibly even, you know, uh, spiritually awakening within you. Um, if you've been feeling kind of stuck or depressed, you know, getting that emotional dynamic flowing again might feel really great. So here we're kind of tapping into that situation with the individual that um, if they were to really ground what's happening, that their desire to get their creative hobby started, it will likely lead to them feeling uh, probably less depressed, kind of more happy, more joyous, as is often associated with the cups. And to kind of pair that with the second card, we have the emperor, which is the archetypal father. So we're looking at authority, command, structure, rules, um, taking an active approach. And so to me, this is like a really obvious answer. It's like saying like, you need to create some structure. You're very, you're, you're lost in whatever is going on right now. And the, the emperor is the pathway towards laying a, a foundation and stepping into like an archetypal energy that allows you to feel um, powerful again, to feel like you know where you want things to go. And when that happens, the ace is grounded in that place, in the structure of the emperor, and things can begin to flow. Right. So all these cards can be used in conjunction with each other. Mm -hmm. There's no, uh, obviously there's, there's set, 
templates that people use. Sure, yes. When they are pulling tarot cards, yes. they might always do three cards. Mm-hmm. They might decide to do um, six cards mm. where there's three pairs yeah. and the pairs are linked mm-hmm. and have some significance. Yeah. Um, I've always found it to be pretty fun to kind of just make up random templates and try to derive meaning from them because it's it's really infinite. Yes. And, and any idea that there is a set way to use these cards, anyone who is putting that forward, you have to use it this way. Um, they're probably trying to sell you something. Yeah. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Because it's, it's truly misinformed. Like. Or, or they're misinformed. <laughs> that's that's definitely possible. But, I mean, just the other night, um, I went through the entire tarot deck to tell the story of my life. Mm. And um, Alyssa was, was there, too, and we kind of were sort of trying to combine it in some sense to kind of think about where we've been in the last 10 years or so. And uh, it was really fun and really yeah. interesting. And it was actually, I thought, evoked a lot of meaning of, of kind of going through these like weird cycles of I would, I would draw six cards at a time and then say, well, this is like the first five years of life and then another six cards. And that's like ages five to 10. And then moving along, just sort of getting more and more specific, like, okay, this is like end of 2019, clearly. Mm. This is the start of 2020. Mm. This is the lockdown. And this is where we are now. And then like now the, like these the last six cards, these are the future. Mm-hmm. And um, anyways, it's unlimited. Um, you can use them anyway. You're shuffling through archetypes. You're shuffling through symbols. Mm-hmm. You're using these in combination with each other to evoke any kind of meaning that needs to come up. Yeah. Whatever needs to be revealed to you. If, if you can tap into this energy, if you can let yourself be opened in this way, what you already know and what you're already feeling will reveal itself to yeah. you through these cards and that's and that's the idea it's a powerful tool for self-reflection do you have a question for us do you have a dream you'd like us to analyze is there a topic you'd like us to cover we want to hear from you contact us through a submission form which can be found on our instagram page at golden shadow podcast or if you're listening on youtube you can find the link in the description down below thanks for listening see you later If you find this podcast useful, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash golden shadow podcast. Thank you.